Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Rebecca Love. She is a nurse entrepreneur, inventor, author, TEDx speaker, and first nurse featured on TED.com. And part of the inaugural nursing panel featured at South by Southwest 2018, Rebecca was the first director of nurse innovation and entrepreneurship in the United States at Northeastern School of Nursing, the founding initiative in the country designed to empower nurses as innovators and entrepreneurs, where she founded the Nurse Hackathon. The movement has led to transformational change in the nursing profession. In 2019, Rebecca, along with a group of leading nurses in the world, founded and is president of Sanseo, the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders, a nonprofit that quickly attained recognition by the United Nations as an affiliate member to the UN. Rebecca is an experienced nurse entrepreneur, founding HireNurses.com in 2013, which was acquired in 2018 by Rialto in the UK, where she served as the managing director of US markets until its acquisition in 2019. Currently, Rebecca serves as the principal of clinical innovation at Optimize RX. She's passionate about empowering nurses and creating communities to help nurses innovate, create, and collaborate to start businesses and inventions to transform healthcare. Such a privilege to have you here, Rebecca. I'm really excited to touch on this very important topic of nurses. Oh, it's just a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so, Rebecca, you've done some really neat things in your healthcare career. And, you know, before we jump into, you know, the actual details of what we're going to talk about, I'd love to hear more about you and and what what keeps you inspired in in your healthcare career? Well, you know, Saul, I think that being a background of being a nurse um, and watching what the front line's going for and and doing on a daily basis, especially in the face of COVID, I think every day that I wake up, I'm inspired by those nurses who go out selflessly to transform and take care of those individuals that most of us, uh, uh, you know, would 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 wonder if we would cross that threshold. And nursing um, was a second career choice for me in life, and it was inspired because my mom really encouraged me to pursue nursing because she said that although there's a whole bunch of great leaders in other areas, we needed really strong nursing leadership to sort of transform the future of the profession. And I took it very seriously um, after becoming a nurse and watching certain challenges that were facing the profession. I don't know if you know some of the statistics, but 50% of new nursing graduates leave the bedside within two years of practice, which is nearly the largest exodus of any profession out there. And we are facing a potential nursing shortage of over a million nurses in the United States. And I think what motivates me is how can we stop that exodus? And how can we secure this profession as the future of healthcare? Um, and I think I'm constantly motivated by both that fear that there may not be nurses by the bedside in the future, as much as I am inspired to transform what a career for nursing looks like so that we inspire the best to choose that profession. Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't aware. That's a, that's a pretty big number of, of nurses leaving. And also want to say thanks to all the nurses listening 
or if you have somebody in your family, your friends that are nurses at the front line, as, as Rebecca mentioned, it's tough. And especially during this pandemic, uh, the importance of what you do is, is critical. So, so yeah, let's kick things off with a thank you. And yeah, so Rebecca, why, why so many people? Like, why, why do so many people leave nursing? Yeah, so there's, um, there's some interesting studies that are being collaborated on this entire thing of why 30 to 50% of them are leaving the bedside within two years of practice. And my husband asked me this question, and he's a, he's a CFO, and I said, honey, when you graduated with your you know, finance degree, were you expected to carry the same level of responsibility as the CFO? And he laughed, and he said, of course not. And I said, well, welcome to the world of nursing, where you graduate, you enter the profession, and not only are you carrying an incredible load and uh, a patient's upon you, but you're expected to carry the same kind of patience and responsibility as nurses with 30 or 50 years of experience. So I think one, it's that incredible dichotomy of being put into a world where even if you have little training, you're going to deal with the most acute patients. And then secondly, I think one of the biggest factors is that the profession of nursing, if you call it a profession, has not been cultivated along a career progression. And I think younger nurses that are entering the profession realize, and I don't know if you know this, but over a course of a 20-year career, the average increase of salary of a nurse is only 1.5% a year, which is half the cost of the increase in, in, in wages or salaries on the average American. Um, but more importantly, there is no career development. So it's not as though when you start out as a financial assistant and you progress up to the eventual point of being the CFO. In nursing, the first day of your career can very much look like the last day of your career 30 years later. And I think that's because healthcare has focused a very long time that the roles of nurses are to be by the bedside and that that job, that task-driven position is enough in and of itself that they've never focused on what are the career and the ambitions of the nurse by the bedside to move forward. So suddenly, two years into a nurse's career, they're working a day-night holiday weekend rotation. They've had an increase of salary of about 3%. In front of them are patients that are constantly dying or sick and they're being called to work in, and they don't know where their career is going in comparison to the friends that they have who chose other careers who are working Monday through Friday, have, you know, five weeks of vacation and are seeing the world where these nurses aren't sure where life is going. So I think there's a couple downward playing trends, but I think those are two of the largest. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, well said and something for all of us to think about, you know, so talk to us a little bit about the work that you do, Rebecca, you know, you you're doing some great things at Optimize RX. You're also a nurse leader, you know, in, in the healthcare sphere. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing to, to add value to the healthcare ecosystem and what you're seeing out there. So in my, in my full-time capacity at OptimizerX, I feel very fortunate to be part of a team of healthcare leadership that recognizes the importance of bringing in frontline clinicians and their viewpoints to establishing what is necessary to be solved to create better healthcare solutions for those that are dealing with patients on the front line. And so in my role at OptimizerX, I oversee clinical innovation and discussions regarding technology and, and integration into complex technological systems um, and provide that perspective of what clinicians are doing and where their breakdown is, where their burnout exists, and where these tasks they've created in these technologies create actually more work for the front line as opposed to relieving this kind of work. So that's what I do and then my day-to-day -day capacity at OptimizerX. In my spare time and with the um, support of my CEO, Will Febo over at OptimizerX, 
I run Sanseal, which is an organization of 100% volunteer-led nurses. We have the chief nursing officer of Microsoft as a founding member, um, you know, the, the chief nursing officer of Cleveland Clinic, the director of innovation over at Mass General Hospital, who's the first nurse ever appointed to oversee innovation at MGH, all as founding members of this organization, which was really why we came together, was after I started building conversations around nurse-led innovation, I had met all of these incredible nurses who had walked life differently. Mm -hmm. They had stayed by the bedside for a portion of their career, but they went out and they took the knowledge by which they had gained at the bedside and saw problems that they could not fix when they were by the bedside and created solutions as they went out to start companies or navigating with industry to create solutions that really saved patients' lives. And Sanseel came together really with the power or the vision to transform where nurses sat in healthcare so that we could create better solutions for health. And some of the successes that we did is when COVID hit and PPE was short, and we started to see nurses post on Facebook that they couldn't find masks, which was absolutely insane. I can't tell you as a nurse how insane that is to think that you mm-hmm. didn't have access to an N95 mask. We organized and collaborated with a, uh, a dentist group by the name of Glow Good Foundation, and we raised $100,000 to move over 300,000 pieces of PPE um, from March until July across the country to over 180 healthcare systems through donations. Um, because this was, as one of our board members said, Joe Novello, he said, you know, this is more than a mask. It potentially is the life of a clinician. And so that was one of our successors. And then we started to host meetings, monthly or weekly meetings, um, right when COVID hit in March. And nurses from around the world were calling in every Thursday night and, and they were heading into their shift or on their shift or leaving their shift and telling us what they were seeing. And what we learned was they were flipping patients onto their stomach, which is such a crazy thing to turn a patient onto their stomach and respiratory dress. It's against everything that we ever learned in nursing school. But position changes are within our scope of practice. And it was nursing who found out that patients started to breathe better on their stomachs with COVID. So it was these calls that we started to learn all these incredible innovations that nurses were sharing around the world. And it was then that I decided to call Johnson & Johnson and Microsoft. And I said, would you guys support a virtual hackathon for nurses in the midst of COVID? Because if you joined these calls, you would be blown away by the knowledge that these nurses and these innovations, they were coming up at the bedside. And in an incredible, I don't know how it happened, but in six weeks time, somehow we reached an agreement and had our first virtual hackathon with over a thousand nurses on the Microsoft Teams platform supported by J&J in in April of 2021. So these were the kind of things that we were focused on with COVID, but also empowering nurses to create solutions. Well, that's so neat. You know, it's... um exciting and I mean, amazing that you guys were able to get it done so quickly, but you did it. And it's the foundation for, for the future. Folks, if you are curious about Sanseal, that's S-O-N-S-I-E-L.org, you know, whether you want to participate, contribute, um, they're doing some amazing things. It's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. And uh, just uh, amazing, Rebecca, the vision that went into creating this. Thank you, Saul. I I always say to people, it's always when you look at anything in your life and you see that it can elevate so many others and you surround yourself with really amazing people, the world changes. And I think that's always been key and center from so many of the nurses that come forward. They, they didn't become nurses because it was they were choosing a career that it was in it for, for themselves. 
do you know what I'm saying? They chose nursing because it was always about giving to others. And I think that's why we've had so much success with Sundale. We all work full-time jobs in other capacities. And they all are incredible individuals, but somehow this working board um, and then the volunteers and the members that too, they, they just really feel that they can do it when surrounded with each other. And I think, as you know, Saul, you've made this incredible podcast, mindset combined with incredible hard work really leads to results. Totally. Totally. That's awesome and inspiring. And so tell us, Rebecca, and maybe we talk about Santiel a little bit more. What what makes what you guys do different or better than what's available today? So I think most of the nursing associations, of which there are 800 in the United States, they all spoke internally back to nurses. And I think that what we recognize is that there was a general need for nursing to start speaking to the general public. Although based on the Gallup poll that nurses have been ranked as the most trusted profession for 20 years, running minus the year of 2001 when it went to firefighters, the reality is, is that I think the general public has a very poor understanding of the value of what nursing actually does. And I think that with COVID, we recognize how valuable nurses are. But I still think if we ask the general public, why are they valuable? What do they do? What skill sets do they have? What do they deliver in healthcare? I think the vast majority of the population still thinks of nurses as holding a patient's hand or at this point, holding a a iPhone in front of them so a loved one can say goodbye. And the reality is, is there is so much more knowledge, insight, expertise, and skill sets that nursing delivered day to day at the forefront of healthcare that we have never vocalized that has kept the profession in its sort of box and seen and is solely able to provide specific tasks. Nursing skill sets are seen as being able to deliver tasks, give these medications, change these uh, wound dressings, tasks that are not done it. They're not seen for the value that they bring and the knowledge that they have to devise strategies or innovation. The studies show that nurses do about 27 workarounds a shift and are in 36 different places in the course of one hour, which always says to me, nurses are innovating in a highly inefficient environment. But unlike most other organizations, they're like, wait, how did you create that to work better? Like, tell me about it. Nurses are often slapped on the wrist for not following protocol. Mm-hmm. Or doing things outside the box because protocol saves lives, right? And I think if one right. thing COVID has showed us is that protocols actually didn't work. And that challenging the status quo is what needed to happen to transform healthcare. But more importantly, most of that or a significant portion of that is being led by those nurses, those respiratory therapists who are on those front lines doing this. So Sanciel came together to say, what we need is an organization to save our profession is finally validating and explaining to the world what nurses do, what their skill sets bring, what roles they have, who they are, and externally face their innovation outward to connect with industry, to recognize the important roles nurses play in transforming healthcare, ultimately with the goal of elevating the profession to stop that mass exodus and driving the future to say, if you want to be an innovator in healthcare, the profession you want to choose is nursing. Love it. You know, it's uh, love the passion that you have in this, Rebecca. And and so as you reflect on, you know, some of the early wins, what would you say is a way that you guys have improved outcomes or or made it better for nurses to to stay in the game? <laughs> 
you know, I, I wish I should connect you with some of the other individuals that participate in it, because to get an organization like J&J or Microsoft to support what is a what we would call a fledgling startup in nursing with their reputations behind us, I can only tell you the experience of these hackathons transform the way nurses not only look at healthcare but at themselves. Paul, have you ever done a hack of familiar with those are? Yeah, well, I've I've been to two, um, one virtual, one kind of live one. So everybody kind of gets together, they, there's a problem, right? And, and you come up with solutions in a really short period of time. You got it. And you know what's so interesting for nurses is that they go to this experience. And as I said before, we're so restricted by policy and procedure and protocol that we're never allowed to innovate. So suddenly, when you give nurse a free reign to say, what's the problem you want to solve? And for example, one of these hackathons, we had a night nurse show up and she said, you know, the problem that I want to solve is that I don't want to keep waking my patients up by turning on the lights. Otherwise, all my shifts I spend working in the dark. And over the course of this weekend, they came up with a portable light to be used on their stethoscope so they could actually go and do the vital signs and not work in the dark. And when you give these nurses the freedom to identify the problems that drive them insane, Mm -hmm. the problems when their IV pumps aren't working or the technology doesn't talk, the tubing doesn't that needs to work, could we just have a system that does documentation this way? Suddenly... And they, they start to connect with other individuals that are non-nurses who hear them and look at them and say, oh my gosh, I never knew. You're, that's just brilliant the way you're thinking. Suddenly, the ability for them to believe in themselves transforms and inspires and empowers. And in fact, a group of these nurses, MIT reached out to us after our hackathons, and we started to partner with MIT and sending nurses to their grand hacks to support them through MIT. And, and they, the, the head of it reached out to us and said, you know what we need to do is you would think a hackathon would be exhausting. Most of the professions come to hackathon, and after that weekend, they're exhausted. And he said, but what's so revolutionary about it is when nurses leave hackathons, they are refilled, they're inspired, they're energized because they were heard for the first time in their career, and they were able to create real solutions to problems that most people never recognized were an issue for them. And I think these are some of the successes. And so we've had over 17 companies get started out of these hackathons. We've had Microsoft and J&J grab onto some of these organizations and start to support to move them forward. We've seen nurses go on and as opposed to quitting their jobs, they double down and actually move up in their careers and into their health system. It's been remarkable how a three-day weekend can literally change the future for so many of these participants. I think that's great. And it sounds like, I mean, this this is a, a society that a lot of provider executives should be supporting as well. <laughs> we would love that. And I think that that's what we had at our last event. Um, a lot of these chief nursing officers, chief executives started to tune in and pay attention because I think a lot of people thought nursing as innovation was sort of a fad, right? Like, oh, that's really nice. It's cute nurses as innovators. And then they started to attend these events and go, oh my God, <laughs> like yeah. this isn't only going to save the nurse. It's going to save patients' lives. It's going to make money for the hospitals. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the more we can engage with this, the beneficial, as I always say to everybody, Nurses innovate not because they see money or dollars. They innovate because they see a patient is dying in front of them and they don't have the resources and the things that they need to save that patient. So they're the truest innovators you have ever met. Their view of what they're doing and what they're trying to solve is really about 
taking chronic disease and massive disease and the systems that we have to create better ways to treat that disease and better outcomes for patients. And that's what I think the most amazing about this. I love it. So what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that came out of it? Yeah. So I think I, I've had a personal setback in life that I think is not, I, I think I'm going to just share this publicly, which is when I was in graduate school, I ended up failing a nursing research course, which was devastating to me at the time. And I think um, at that time, when you have never really experienced failure or somebody else tells you you're not good enough to succeed or go on, I remember that moment in time of, of failing a graduate school course and thinking to myself, man, I'm not sure that I should continue on with my career. And now looking back, it's been a long time since then. Um, I, I knew that it wasn't a big deal at the time. It wasn't something that should stop you. And I went on to teach for seven years in a community college. And I don't know if you know this as well, but up to 30% of nursing students will fail out of nursing school. And at a community college where I taught in Boston, Mm -hmm. those students who attended that program, it was a career that would take them out of poverty. Nursing was, I can tell you, it is the one career that you can go to school and one day you can be eating ramen noodles and your next job makes sure that you constantly will have food on the table, electricity on in your house, and your kids will have a roof over their head when you become a nurse. It, to me, is the most powerful career to take men and women out of poverty. It, 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 it's something I fundamentally believe. Nursing to me is an economic value to so many families. So I started to teach the course that you would have to take when nurses failed out of school and they'd have to come back in. And I'd always start with, tell me your dreams and your aspirations of why you wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. And so many of them tied back to this dream, right? Of, of just a better life and helping people and things from there. And I could always stop and say, I've been where you are. I've been where I feel like I'm a failure and, and somebody else seemed to threaten the dream that I had because of, of this failure or that the life the experiences did. And it was always that moment of standing up there and being able to say, I too have failed. And it's don't let failure define you because it's what you learn in the process of failing and getting back up and dusting yourself off and overcoming odds that really leads you to the next success. And I can honestly say, I don't know if I would have ever been strong enough to do what I later did in life with starting a company and then starting Sanfiel. If I hadn't known before that I had failed and made it through, that I would feel that I could go forward. And so if there's one thing that I share of setbacks is that to me, setbacks, they happen every day. I get told no constantly. And, but I think what I learned early on is that a no is just a different way of saying, how can I get to a yes differently? And so never letting no or failure or setbacks define what the outcome will be. Just simply thinking to myself, how else can I get to where we need to be? Love it. And obviously with the work that you guys have done and the progress that you're making in, in nurse burnout, you know, and, and keeping them inspired and, and coming up with innovations to help, you know, the patient. In the end, uh, I think it's really awesome. And and so walk us through really what you're most excited about today. So I think that there's there's a couple of things. If you look at it from my professional standpoint of, of where I sit at OptimizerX and the work that we're doing there in transforming healthcare and accessibility. And I know that you know the world of EHRs and the lack of accessibility by clinicians on the front line to those healthcare innovators behind and creating new pathways of engagement for both patients and providers to engage with 
multiple players I'm very excited about. I think there's going to be a revolution. I think if one thing COVID taught us is that one access point for all communication between clinicians and, and business and uh, patients is, is a monopoly that is set to fail and it actually decreases innovation and it decreases the ability to transform healthcare. So I think we're sitting at this cusp of a great awakening um, for accessibility um, that's going to be greater validated in the future of healthcare. So I'm very excited about that from some of the work we do professionally at OptimizeRx to change messaging and accessibility for those, those interactions to happen. But on the side where my passion on nursing speaks, I think what I'm very excited about is that with what has happened is this is the year of the nurse, it's about to end in the end of 2020. I hope dramatically that the rest of the world wakes up to see that nursing is a profession we must invest in. It is a profession that earns one-tenth of what an average physician makes in the United States. It's a profession that has no direct career progression to elevate the best, the brightest, the, the, those that are most motivated to make those changes. And we need to create those pathways. And But more importantly, I think the rest of the world, the healthcare industry, need to look at how do we stabilize and reinvest in this profession where we have 4 million nurses in the United States, but we're facing a 1.3 million nursing shortage by 2030, which is being studied because we know that 2020 was actually the largest year of retirement ever on record for the nursing profession. The average age of a nurse in the U.S. is over the age of 50. 70% of the workforce is over the age of 40. If we as a profession, if we as a country don't invest in nursing, I strongly fear that we are not going to have the nurses at the bedside that we need. And, and we see that today in COVID, right? We see that there's, you can make as many beds as you want. We just don't have the caregivers to provide that care. And if this situation, if COVID hasn't wakened us back up to say our greatest asset as at risk of being burnt out, not being um, supplemented, and more importantly, um, you know, leaving us at a risk of, of pandemics in the future, hitting us that we have no way to manage that care. I think we fundamentally will have failed our, our nation, and more importantly, reinvesting in a profession that so desperately needs is needed in the world. And I, I think that's where we need to focus, but where there is that tremendous opportunity. Well, very, very inspiring. And and I agree. You know, I think we do need to focus more on nurses. We need to invest in them. And and I hope that, that today's message resonates with everyone and helps you either think of how nurses could be part of your innovation process as the end users of a lot of medical technologies, EHRs, you name it, right? They're, they're using a lot of these things. Their input matters. And then from a provider perspective, you know, keeping nurses inspired, helping them have some sort of career structure that, and growth that they look forward to is going to be critical for them to feel engaged and, and, and keep with it. So love all of this education that you've left us with, Rebecca. Give us a closing thought. You know, what, what should we be thinking about and what's the best place that the listeners could get in touch with you if they want to collaborate, learn more, et cetera? Well, Sal, thank you so much for having me on the show. And if anyone would like, like to reach out, swansale.org, or please connect with me on LinkedIn. And I, I, I get back to as many people um, on, a, on a regular basis as possible. And if I could leave us with one thought, it's if you are a healthcare executive or, or a major influencer in one of your industries that are in the world of healthcare. Look around your board, look around your positions and ask, where is the nurse? And start making a place 
for them and the profession, invites them to a seat at the table and engage with them. Because what you're going to realize (laughs) quickly is that nurses are out there and they want to make sure that you are successful. They never dally. And and you said, oh my gosh, you guys got a lot done. And I laughed because I thought to myself, the one thing nurses do is they just get things done. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they've always been taught they have to do when they don't have the resources or the staff or the, the support that they do. They still figure out a way to get it done. So I have one final thought. If this is the year of the nurse, thank a nurse. You can do so by wearing a mask. (laughs) But more importantly, you can thank and help by recognizing if there is an opening in your company or a position that you could transform or hire a nurse into or support or help support them in other ways, this could be a transformational year for the future of our profession. So thank you. Love it. Rebecca, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, you know, the year of the nurse, let's continue recognizing all of you wonderful nurses for what you do. A big thank you. And to leadership teams across the country and the world. Let's listen and act on on today's message from Rebecca. I think the end will be very, very positive and and inspiring for everyone involved. So Rebecca, thanks again. Really appreciate you jumping on. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.